G-Force. That was um, a story. And to everyone else, thank you for joining us for our first annual Regional Library Story Slam Potluck and Pajama Party, sponsored in part by the Knuckle Hut. Oh, the Knuckle Hut off Highway 72. Why, I hear kids under three get in free. Mindy, is that Thomas Fingerling uh, from the Knuckle Hut? Oh, wow. Coupons on the website, knucklehut.biz. Our next storyteller of the evening is a person who owes an outstanding amount of debt to libraries across the region and who has proven that even an indoor voice can become an outdoor voice if you really believe in yourself. Please give a long overdue <laughs> I get it. round of applause for Mindy. Hi. Um, well, thank you for that introduction and for really just allowing me back into the library after um, that incident where I I cooked one of your cookbooks. I I know that my future here was kind of dicey for a little while after that, and it's it's just really really good to be back. No, no, please, please hold your knuckle cracking and applause. It's not that big of a deal. I'm just really, that's my granddaughter. Uh, that's my grandma G Force. Hey, grandma G Force. Did somebody call my name? That's my best friend. Thumbs up, Mindy. You got this. Okay, Roz. <laughs> Okay, well, um, today I would like to share with you a nonfiction story about a duck. Yeah, nonfiction. Shh. Oh no, don't. What? Factual assertions are sweet. And it goes a little something like this. Sorry, it's taking me a second to unscroll the story. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there was a duck. What was the duck's name? Uh, I I don't know if it had a name. It was it was just a duck. I once wrestled a duck named Waddles. What? He was a real firequacker. I'll tell you what. Uh, can Shut I? Shut your bill, G-Force. I want to hear about the duck. Well, duck and cover fingerling. <laughs> okay, can we just get back to the story, please? Oh, I love stories. What's it about? So, every morning, this duck would visit his favorite pond in search of his favorite food, duckweed. And this particular duckweed had a name, and its name was Wolfia columbiana, known for being one of the teeniest, 
tiniest flowering plants ever found in nature. Oh, yes, duckweed. Uh, you know, guys, there is some buzz in the health food community that duckweed, when grown in clean water, could be the next superfood. Which means that other superfoods like kale and quinoa could be getting some healthy competition. In fact, some places in Southeast Asia, they're already on it. This is so exciting! Guys! Oh, so- sorry, uh, sorry. <clears throat> and once this duck ate all the duckweed he could fit into his little ducky belly, he would fly off to another pond containing no duckweed, and there he would drop off a magical gift. What in the World Wide Web are you talking about? <laughs> magical gift? Like a Christmas present from Santa? Did that duck wrap the present first? I, I, Good. <sighs> Question, we want details. Now, what kind of wrapping paper was it? Well, actually, in a way, this duck did wrap this magical gift. He wrapped it in his own poop. We're listening. You see, this duck would waddle all around, pooping it up like nobody's beeswax. And then, with almost every poop, a new duckweed plant would appear and then multiply. And before he knew it, the entire pond was covered in a thick emerald green carpet of duckweed. Whoa, 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 wait a minute here, Mindy. If there's one thing I know about duckweed, it's that it has the ability to copy itself or multiply. And even if the duck in your story ate the duckweed plant earlier, it's not like its poop would have anything to do with why it would suddenly appear in this new pond. She said it was a magical mystery. Oh, I believe I've got it. Just like a chicken can lay an egg, the duck laid poop eggs filled with self-multiplying plants called duckweeds. Ooh, good thinking, Miss Missy. See, ducks ain't the only ones what poop eggs. <coughs> Who is supposed to be telling the story here? Oh, s- 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 sorry, s- sorry. Thank you. So, the question you should be asking is how? How did this mysterious layer of duckweed suddenly appear in the very place where there was none? And was it just a mere coincidence that the duckweed began to multiply from the exact spots where the duck was doing its bathroom business? Was there something magical about this poop? Or was it just a curious case of cold, hard science? Code science! Yeah, I suppose magic poop ain't exactly non-fictional. <laughs> oh, 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 I know, I know, I know. Pick me, P- pick me. <sighs> yes, Guy Raz? Thank you for calling on me, Mindy. Now, if you'll all allow me to interject here. Yeah, well, actually, I didn't. You see, scientists have known for quite a long time that some birds carry certain seeds from place to place and they do this through their uh, digestive systems. And so when they reach their destination, they, uh, you know, they poop out viable seeds. Mm-hmm. And viable meaning that even after the seeds pass through the bird's digestive system, they still have the ability to germinate or to begin to grow. Yes, and many seeds, including seeds of tomatoes, have incredibly strong protective layers. Layers that protect the seed from anything that might threaten the teeny 
tiny growing plant baby inside of it. That is true, Guy Raz. I was born a plant baby. Okay, well, um, thank you for that interjection. Now, you see, everyone, the protective layers of certain seeds are so strong that when swallowed by a bird or a duck, not even the stomach acids could break through the shell. Amazing. Now, would anyone mind if I got back to my story now? Uh, quick question. Are ducks technically birds or fish? You ever heard of a chicken of the sea? Who you calling a chicken? Everyone, I am trying to tell you a story here. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, uh, so, Sorry. Sorry, sir. <sighs> Thank you. Now, where was I? You're at the library. Oh, right, yes. So... To solve this mystery of the scientific magic poop, a group of scientists from southern Brazil entered the scene. One of them, a graduate student named Guilhandro Silva from Unicinos University in Brazil, was dressed head to toe in curiosity. And I suppose he wanted to find out whether or not the duckweed was catching a ride in the feces or the poop of the duck as it traveled from one pond to the other. Well, not only that, Guy Raz, but he also wanted to find out how a duck like this was able to spread seeds or pieces of duckweed plant from pond to pond. So what did he do? Well, he did what any good scientist would do, and he set out on a mission to collect as much duck poop as he could possibly find. Anything for science. And then he took the duck poop back to his lab and stuck it into the freezer next to his mini bagel pizzas. Anything for science. And that's when this story takes a turn for the wow. Just as this scientist was digging into the duck poop, he noticed something very unusual. At first, he couldn't believe his eyes. So he pulled out his trusty magnifying glass and inched closer and closer and closer to the duck poop. And you'll never guess what he found. A million dollars! Duckweed. Whole bulbs of it. And get this, they were all still completely intact. It looked almost exactly like all of the other duckweed that had not been pooped out of a duck. Dad suits! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait a minute here, Mindy. You mean to tell us that inside this duck poop that he'd collected, froze, saved, and dissected, that he found teeny tiny duckweed plants and they were all still perfectly intact? Guy Raz, even after being swallowed, digested, and pooped out of the duck, the plants were not only still intact, but they were also alive. Wait a minute, I know I'm saying that a lot, but but Mindy, are you sure this wasn't just a one-time fluke of nature? I mean, like we said, certain seeds can pass through a bird's digestive system intact because they have that strong protective casing. But, but you're talking about the plant itself. I can't see how it could possibly pass through all those stomach acids and survive. I got eaten by a duck once and I ate it fast. Guy Raz, you're right to be skeptical of this discovery. In fact, even these researchers were shocked and surprised by what they found. So, 
to make sure that it wasn't just a one-time fluke of nature, they went back out into the field, collected even more duck poop, this time from three different ducks, took it all back to the lab, and then picked the teeny tiny bulbs of duckweed out of the poop one by one and placed them in small glass petri dishes. And petri dishes are these small, shallow, round dishes that biologists use to do things like multiply bacteria. Yes, that is a petri dish. In fact, the petri dish is actually named after the famous German bacteriologist Julius Richard Petri, who passed away in the year 1921. Old Julius Petrie. He was my roommate back in college. How old are you? Thank you for that sidebar, Guy Raz. You're welcome. As I was saying, in an effort to see whether or not these duckweed plants found in the different duck poops were still alive, these scientists put them into different Petri dishes and waited. And waited. And... And what did they discover? Wait for it. I'm waiting. Wait for it. Mindy. Wait for it. Sounds like somebody brought a duck to story hour. Guy Raz, everyone, not only did these scientists discover that many of the duckweed plants were still alive, but that they were multiplying. Before they knew it, seven duckweed bulbs were suddenly filling up a Petri dish that had previously only had one. So that means not even the stomach acids or the digestion process were able to stop this amazing plant from thriving. In the words of Jeff Goldblum playing the role of Dr. Ian Malcolm in the 1993 sci-fi adventure hit Jurassic Park, life uh, finds a way. And then what? I'm sorry, what? You said the duckweed survived the digestion process. How did it do that? Oh, right, yes. So actually, the answer to that question is best left for the future of scientific exploration. Oh, no, not a cliffhanger. Well, see, these scientists still don't know. I mean, they do have a few theories, like maybe it has something to do with the round globe-like shape of this particular duckweed mixed with the fact that it's really, really small. Which, I presume, would help with the speed of digestion, giving it less time for those killer stomach acids to soak in. Exact Doritos. But for now, we still don't know for sure. Well, I'm gonna go find out myself. Hold up, fingerling. Not without me or not. I'm going too. Did they just? So, in conclusion, this duck continued to spread the riches of duckweed to ponds and wetlands all over the world, one scientifically magical poop at a time. The end. Mindy, everyone, thank you for that inspiring story of pooping propagation. Next up, in our Night at the Library, Story Slam Potluck and Pajama Party, we're going to change into our pajamas and then continue with more stories before moving on to the potluck portion of the evening. 
Uh, no, uh, please, ma'am. Changing is in the bathroom. Oh, no. That was a really fascinating story, Mindy. Well, thanks, Guy Rozzy. You know, the relationship between the duck and the duckweed was a great example of symbiosis, or the close relationship between two different organisms or living things. Symbiosis, huh. Oh, yes, like a, like a symbiotic relationship. Exactly. I was just reading about this, and I learned that there are three different kinds of symbiotic relationships. Yeah, and what are they? The first is called mutualism, and that's the type of symbiotic relationship where both organisms benefit or get something good out of the relationship. Yeah, like in our friendship. Remember that time I removed two of your wisdom teeth for you while you were sleeping, and then you gave them to me to make myself a pair of earrings? Uh, Mindy, I, I do not remember giving you my wisdom teeth to make earrings. Well, do you remember complimenting me on them? Wow, those are some interesting earrings, Mindy. They look like real teeth. That's because they are real teeth, Guy Raz. Really? You know, maybe a better example of mutualism would be the symbiotic relationship between plants and pollinators. Uh, yeah. So a lot of flowering plants provide food like nectar or pollen for birds and bees and other pollinators, right? That's right. Very generous of those flowers. But they get something out of it, too. In return, the pollinators carry the pollen of the plant to other plants and fertilize them to help them reproduce. The birds and the bees get to eat, and the plants get to survive and multiply. Exactoritos! And my duck story from earlier is also a really good example of mutualism. Huh, that's right! The duckweed provided itself as food for the duck. Yes, and in return, the duck would allow the duckweed to hitch a ride in its poop. And then the duck would uh, drop it off in a place that maybe needed duckweed. And the duckweed would multiply and spread for more ducks to eat. A symbiotic relationship built in mutualism. Whoa, pretty wow. Okay, so the next type of symbiotic relationship is commensalism. Commensalism. Oh, wait, this is where only one species is helped, while the other is like, no big deal either way. Yes, in commensalism, only one species benefits, while the other is neither helped nor harmed. Like when I eat scraps from your compost bin. Uh, I get to enjoy all of your leftover pizza crusts, and you don't even notice they're missing since you were just going to compost it all anyway. You ate the pizza crust out of my compost bin? Let's not focus on where it came from, okay? I'm, I'm just, uh, do you know where... Uh... Okay, time for the third and final type of symbiotic relationship. That would be parasitism. Parasitism. Hmm, I think I know where you're going with this one. Parasitism is the type of symbiotic relationship where one organism, or parasite, benefits while the other organism suffers. So parasitism is like when, um, like when fleas or ticks stick themselves to dogs or cats and then live on their blood? Yes! Or that one time that you had that fungus attack the plants in your garden, thriving on the life it sucked out of them? Yes! Or every time you take the wheels off my car for a new invention, or that time you shaved off my eyebrows while I was sleeping and gave them to Reggie for his birthday! Okay, 
technically, Reggie benefited from your eyebrows more than I did, and it was only one eyebrow because you woke up halfway through. Or that time I refrosted your entire gingerbread house, and then I found you on the roof eating all of the hard work that I had just put in. Parasitism. Symbiotic parasitism. Oh, fingerling, you could have just written on my handlebars. And risk injuring these prize-winning knuckles. No way, mister. Looks like our favorite new symbiotic relationship is back. Uh... Hey, Grandma G-Force, did you and Thomas Fingerling find out how the duckweed was able to survive the duck's digestive system? Nah, Fingerling over here couldn't find the car. I told you I don't own a car. I use ride-sharing mobile apps. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm gonna go look for a book on how to use ride-sharing mobile apps in the card catalog. I'll look you up in the card catalog. Well, looks like we might have to wait a little longer before we're able to solve this particular scientific mystery. I kind of like that the more we know, the more scientific mysteries reveal themselves. Ooh, speaking of scientific mysteries, looks like Reggie is about to take the podium. Reggie? Our next storyteller of the evening just flew into town, and boy are his arms tired. I'm sorry, that should be wings. Please give a warm round of applause for our resident library pigeon, Reggie! Here we go. We'll be right back. Grown-ups, this message is for you. The following message comes from our sponsor, Chipotle. As young farmers who raise their family hogs for one of Chipotle's pork suppliers, Nyman Ranch, the crew's siblings recognize the challenges that many face in the industry, including the financial barriers to entry. The average price per land around here is $6,500 an acre. That's not including machinery that you need to farm the land. And that's not an easy or a financially realistic task for someone who's our age in their early 20s. To learn more about how Chipotle is working to champion young farmers, go to chipotle.com farmers. Support also comes from Pinna. Pinna is the only audio streaming service that combines original podcasts, music, audiobooks, and more, expertly curated for kids 3 to 12. Engage your kids with entertaining and educational audio content, from comedy to sci-fi and mystery to adventure, all ad-free and screen-free. Pinna is a Parents' Choice Foundation Gold Award winner and KidSafe certified. Visit pinna.fm NPR to start your free trial today. It seems like you really like podcasts, but have you ever thought about making one? Okay, so we have a guide for you, especially if you're a kid in school and want to make a podcast of your own. Check out the new podcast from NPR's Student Podcast Challenge. Listen and share with your friends. That's it! Back to the show! Hi, Mindy and Guy Raz. My name is Cypress, and I live in Bellingham, Washington. My wow in the world is that there is a type of jellyfish fish 
When it gets frightened, it can turn itself into a baby and start its life all over again. This happens over and over until it's eaten. Say hello to Reggie for me. He's my favorite character. <laughs> Hi, my name is Rosie. I live in Santa Rosa, California. And my wow is that there's a bug called water bugs, and they live at the bottom of a quiet pond, and they grab their prey and then shoot poison into it. And then... It turns them into liquid, and then they drink their dinner, and all that's left is hollow skin. Isn't that so cool? Thanks, Reggie, and I love your show. Hi, Mindy and Guy Raz. My name is Hannah, and I live in Brooklyn, New York. My wow is that a chameleon has a third eye. Say hi to Reggie for me. <laughs> Bye. Hi, Mindy and Guy Raz. My name is Vera. I live in San Antonio, Texas. And my wow in the world is that the human body has around 37 trillion cells. Say hi to Reggie for me. <laughs> Bye. Hi, Mindy and Guy Raz. My name is Dinan, and I'm calling from Istanbul, Turkey. And my wow in the world is that all insects are bugs, but not all bugs are insects. Bye. Hi, Mindy and Guy Raz. My name is Elliot, and I live in Wurtsboro, New York. My wow is that the girl who sang I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas got one, but had to donate it to a zoo. Hello, Mindy and Guy Raz. My name is Gavin. I'm from San Francisco, California. And my wow in the world is that pandas can eat up to 40 pounds of bamboo each day. Bye-bye. Hi, Mindy and Guy. My name is Tenzin, and I live in Westminster, Colorado. I had a special wow in the world for Reggie. Homing pigeons can find their way back to the nest from 1,300 miles away. <laughs> Bye. Love your show. End of messages. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week on Wow in the World. And to keep the wow rolling, check out this week's scientific conversation starters at our website, wowintheworld.com. And grown-ups, there you can find more info on how your kids can become members of the World Organization of Wowzers, shop our wow shop, upload photos and videos to us, and check dates for our upcoming live events. That's wowintheworld.com. Our show is produced by Jed Anderson. Who provides the bells, whistles, and silly characters. Say hello, Jed. Yellow. Our show is written by me, Guy Raz, and Thomas Van Kalken, who also provides silly characters. Tom? Hello there. Thanks also to Jessica Bodie, Anna Zagorski, Rebecca Caban, Kit Ballinger, and Alex Curley. Meredith Halpern-Ranzer powers the wow at Tinkercast. Our theme song was composed and performed by The Pop-Ups. For more on their three-time Grammy-nominated all-ages music, find them at thepopups.com. And grown-ups, you can follow Wow in the World on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Wow in the World. And our email address is hello at wowintheworld.com. And if you're a kid with a big wow to share with us, call us at one 
7-WOW-WOW for a chance to be featured at the end of the show. Also, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to Wow in the World on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, leave us a few stars, a review, or just tell a friend about the show. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep on wowing. Jinx! Cast and sent to you by NPR. If you want to get smart on the economy in just 10 minutes a day, try the indicator. We use data to debunk common myths about millennials, and we look to Coachella for lessons about the global economy. That is NPR's The Indicator from Planet Money. Listen now.